is the creator and sustainer of all the worlds, whether those worlds are known or unknown to mankind. unclouded by hate does not wisdom cry and understanding put forth her voice hello everyone my name is charlie you might know me better as sci-fi fantasy writer c.e dorset and i've been away for a little bit and i want to apologize for that right off the bat um november was a very trying time here there were some family issues and other things that needed to be resolved and like i said i was going to be doing national level ready month and for my mo for my own <laughs> mental health sake i did a deep dive into just being creative and completely neglected the internet and everything outside of my writing project for the month to get through everything that was going on and i apologize for not getting any episodes out for the last couple weeks, but um, things are better now, and I'll actually have my writing, my new book finished in a week. So I I, I won Nano, <laughs> so I can take some time and actually relax and have life again. So hi. <laughs> so today I would like to talk about something that. I've been thinking about a lot over the last month, and this is one of the themes in the Via Positiva. And for any of you who have Original Blessing by Matthew Fox, there's an entire chapter in that book in the Via Creativa section on recovering the lost art of savor. And I lately I feel like this is the moral imperative of our generation, of our time to learn again. Christ said, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. And I, I know this is where the people who think that God is a celestial slot machine will tell you, that means the Lord wants you to be rich. And, and that's not what that means at all. In fact, you know, Jesus said it's easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter heaven. Now, what, what Christ was talking about there is that we may have life more abundantly. Life, not possession. See, we confuse in our modern world this idea of our possessions and our monetary accumulation and all of that with life because the way we live now our existence is inextricably linked to how much money we have how much money we're earning and that accumulation of wealth and so life and money life and wealth have been convoluted into the same thing and they're not even though sometimes it really feels like they are so 
What what does it mean to have life more abundantly? What does it mean that we are... What is life? Life is living. <laughs> that, that may seem so reductive to some of you, but let me see if I can unpack that in a way that makes sense. There is a difference between living and surviving. And most people in modern life find themselves in a constant state of trying to survive. We, we exist in survival mode where we need to have enough money to pay for our medicines. We need to have enough money to pay for a roof over our house. We need enough money to pay for food on our table, to put clothes on our backs. We need enough money for these things to happen to go out and have fun i mean so few things are free nowadays you know to the point where it's become almost a laughable cliche you know to say the best things in life are free i mean when i hear that i actually think of a song from i think the 80s it may have been a cover the version of the song that i'm thinking of you know but they say the best things in life are free, but you can give them to the birds and bees. I want money. And that really is the sentiment of our time. That's the idea that we're all living in. And I have to say, you know, it's not entirely wrong. And I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying that you know, they should stop trying to make a living. They should stop trying to put a roof over their own house, over their house, you know, over their heads, sorry, um, or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to say at all. But what we have to start realizing is those things aren't living. That's surviving. My happiest memories are not paychecks or things that I bought, or clothes that I've worn, or even places that I've lived, places that I've gone. None of those things are my happiest memories. My happiest memories are sitting around with my friends talking, telling jokes, having fun, dancing around a bonfire late into the night, playing games, often games we made up on the spot just to have fun. Those are my happiest memories. Those are the moments that I savor most in life. And I think that's what we've kind of lost in this world built on money and the acquisition of money and wealth and power and domination and all the things that are so common nowadays. To the point where we're living in a society where people are being driven apart on basis of race and socioeconomic status and gender and sexual preference because it fuels the system. We don't realize that our actual problems are in the wealth gaps that are keeping us from living a good full life, that we're spending all of our time working to make that living. And that's how we word it. We're making a living. We have to make a living. How do you make a living? 
You're not making a living. You're making money. And we have to start separating these concepts of the accumulation of wealth from living. And when we do that, we'll start to see some of the problems in our society and some of the problems that need to be fixed. Remember, the mission that Christ put us in this world for, we're supposed to do what he did, right? Bring sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf and freedom to the captive. Yeah. We're to declare the acceptable year of the Lord. That, that's what we're here to do. And until we start seeing what are the chains that bind us, we can't set any captives free. And I think I know where you think I'm going with this. And this isn't a political podcast. This is a spiritual one. This is a religious one. We have to find ways to spend more time with our family, with our friends, in making friends. Over the years, I have witnessed the suffering caused by people isolating themselves from others, either intentionally or accidentally or through circumstances beyond their own control. And the toll that loneliness and that lack of living has on people on their lives, on their mental and emotional well-being. This needs to start to become a priority for us. And that's where we start seeing the other problems highlighted. And I don't want to talk about those today. Because, honestly, on a religious podcast, I don't feel that it's my place right now, especially in regard to this topic. We're here to talk about savor. So what does it mean to savor? It means to enjoy. It means to be present in the partaking of something. You know, I often think of the word savor when it comes to food and beverage. Because that's where we often will say it, right? Don't eat too fast, savor your meal. Don't drink too fast, savor the flavor because you slow down and you allow yourself to be present with it and you allow the experience of it to wash over you and to fill you and to give you hope and joy and that peace of mind that comes just from experience the sheer joy of experience and because we live in a postmodern capitalist state, it's not possible for a lot of us to just say, well, maybe I don't need that second or third job. I will spend more time with my friends. I will spend more time with my family. That's not always an option for us. It should be, and we should be trying to find ways to make that more of an option for more people. But what if that's not your experience? What if that's not an option for you? What if you can't just sit down and take that time? This to me is first and foremost where meditation comes in. Taking 10, 15 minutes a day to just sit 
and be with your thoughts to just sit and count your breaths very simple meditation to sit and taste and see that the lord is good and be in that present moment because there is joy there is peace there is living in the present moment the things that distract us most from our joy are our fears of the future or our guilt or upset from the past being in the present moment those things are so far away. So I'd highly recommend that you try that. Taking just brief moments of when you give yourself a treat, a candy, a favorite coffee, a favorite tea, a favorite beverage of any sort, a favorite meal. Just being with it for a minute, just letting yourself have a silent moment where that flavor, that experience is just in you. And you're just enjoying it. Taking a moment to dance, if that's something that you love to do. Or run, or ride a bike. Or play with your kids, or play a game with your friends. Or just talk about the good old days. Or talk about the good days to come. Or just tell jokes. Just take a moment, whenever you can. In our hectic lives, we might have to steal those moments away and hoard them like a squirrel for winter, but find them wherever you can. Just take a moment and enjoy what you have. It may not be much, but at least it's there. And that's the beginning. Like I said, as you start this process, you'll start to see all of the other things that are distracting you from being able to enjoy your life and to have a life that is worth living. And once you start seeing those things, you'll start coming to your own decisions and opinions on maybe how to fix them. So, have you started this? We're about to take a break because, as I've talked about on previous episodes, I have many jobs. We own a restaurant. I am a writer. I do a, a another podcast on writing and science fiction and media, and I do this. And it's a lot for me to juggle, but I really enjoy doing them. Like, this podcast in and of itself is something that I really enjoy. So, I have done something that I feel a little weird about. I, I've, I've taken a sponsor for the podcast and we're going to take our first ever sponsor break now. And please take a listen and we'll be back right after the break. Joseph Campbell in The Power of Myth said something very profound on this topic. He was asked by Bill Moyers, about meaning and people finding meaning in the stories of mythology. And Joseph Campbell said, I don't think what people are looking for is meaning, but they're looking for is the experience of being alive. And that really feeds in to a lot of this because when I think about my experience with Christianity, and I, 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 I struggled to say that word because it, it's such a mixed bag, because 
you know, I grew up a Baptist and I converted to Catholicism. And now I'm a member of the Creation Spiritual Spirituality Communities, which is a mouthful, the CSC. And I find myself over the years having various experiences of the stories of Christianity. And that really hit me when I converted to Catholicism because I fell in love with the saints and I fell in love with all of the stories about the saints. And I, I bought books and books and books and I still buy books of books and books and read the tales of the saints because it's something that just warms my heart and gives me meaning because I see myself in them. You know, I'm somebody who suffers from, you know, depression and anxiety issues. And I have a bad back and I hurt my leg, both of which when I was, re you know, really young. And there's a connection that I've always felt through Catholicism to the suffering of Christ. Because one of the things that I learned in my time with the Roman church was the, the Paul from Colossians where he says, you know, in our sufferings, we make up that which is lacking in the suffering of Christ. And some people take that to extremes and torture themselves. And I don't think that that's what Paul was talking about. And I don't think that that's the lesson that we're supposed to take from that, that the image of Christ on the cross is for some of us our almost daily experience of life where we are in pain sometimes in agony and nothing that we do seems to make it better you know i have days where my back and my legs are hurting so much that none of the things that i do for pain mitigation affect it at all the pain just continues and I find solace in that that as the universe groans in the pains of childbirth until the kingdom is born and as our teachers groan in childbirth until Christ is formed in us these get recontexted in my own mind as the, my, my little, profoundly small piece of suffering on behalf of the world. That my suffering, which is, as we say in the Via Negativa, is a real part of our spiritual path, is united with that of Christ on the cross for the redemption of all people. And to some that may seem like I am making my suffering to be more grandiose or that I'm just trying to placate myself with nice words so that my suffering has meaning. But I, to me, it actually goes beyond either of those things. In that change of attitude and in that change of relationship to my personal suffering. Many people have seen the value of mindfulness and of the types of practices, the compassion that I try 
to be a living example of having compassion for myself and for others. And it is the little thing that I can do right now in this world to show how that compassion works. One of the main things that I've found that really helps my own pain is a mindfulness practice that Thich Nhat Hanh teaches in his book Reconciliation, where you actually just sit with your pain and just bring your mindfulness to it. And oddly enough, and in a very strange way, quite often the pain diminishes. And I, I don't want to go through like neuroscience or, you know, mystical reasons why that may be happening right now. For me, it is enough to know that it does. That bringing that mindfulness to my suffering relieves it. Even a little. So what would bringing that same mindfulness to the suffering of others do? See, this is how I learned to savor life, especially on days where it's really hard. Maybe a day when my depression is flaring up and I don't want to get out of bed and I don't feel like doing anything. I have learned as part of my spiritual practice to find something that I love. There's this caramel apple tea that I just absolutely adore. It makes me happy. And so, as part of my spiritual practice, I make myself a pot of it, and I drink it. That may seem so simple to some of you. But even in those moments where everything else just feels terrible, and like the world is ending, and there's just anxiety and pain and depression, I can enjoy that tea. And in that moment, I find meaning. I find the experience of being alive. I find that thing that I was looking for and that I needed. I find it in my creativity, which is why when everything was going on last month, I just dove down hard into my own creative output and wrote and wrote and wrote. Because in that act of creativity... I find meaning, I find purpose, I find living. I feel alive. And I'm not advocating that you take up writing or that you have to buy yourself a caramel apple tea. I'm saying you need to find those little things for yourself that give you a sense of being alive. Who knows what they are? They could be simple things like my tea, they could be more complex things. They could be watching a particular show that you loved when you were a child. There's nothing wrong with that. Or that you love right now. Listening to your favorite music. Dancing to your favorite music. Reading a beloved book. Hanging out with your friends. Whatever it is, if you can steal that little moment of happiness... That little moment of joy, that little moment of mindfulness, it's worth doing. 
So I, I really want you to try to find that. That's your homework for today. Find something that you enjoy, something that makes you feel alive. It may take you more than a day. And it may change over time. Don't think just because you found that one thing now that it will always be that thing. But find it. And when you do, hold on to it. Do it whenever you can. Find those little moments, those little jokes that you can tell, those little conversations that you can have, those little connections that you can make. And learn to savor your life again. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Come to me all who are weary, Christ said. Take my yoke upon you, for it is light and easy to bear. I come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. These are the promises of the Lord. And they are promises that I know from my own life he keeps. There are a lot of stressors in this world. But prayer, meditation, and mindful action really do bring peace to your life and really do help you to find that joy that you've been missing. So what is it that you want to savor? What is it that you've been neglecting that could give your life a sense of living? Or are you already doing it? I would love to hear from you. If you would like to share i would love to hear that you can hit us hit me up on the facebook page it's wisdom's cry Let's see on twitter it's wisdom cries out you can hit me up there you can go to the website and send me an email i would love to hear from you on the things that you do and if you've downloaded the anchor app at anchor.fm you can do a call in. If you hit the button, you can leave me up to a one minute message letting me know what it is that you savor. Or if you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Keep it short, keep it punchy, keep it clean, and I might even use it on the show. I would love to make this more of a community project than it is. I want to thank you so much for listening, and I want to thank you for your support throughout the last couple months as I've been working on this podcast again. It really does mean a lot to me. These are topics that I really love to talk about, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about them. I'd love to know your uh, thoughts on the uh, ad that we have in here now. Um, I, I feel really weird doing that on a spiritual podcast, but you know, it does cost me money to keep the website up, and, you know, the more I can make doing these podcasts, the more time I can spend, you know, putting resources up there. So it does help out a lot. If you would like to donate to the cause and help me to defer my own costs on things, depending on the app that you're listening to me in, there'll be either a button that says support or it'll be in the show notes. There'll be a link that says support on Anchor. If you click that, you can support me at the $1, $5, $10 level. That money goes to me to help keep the website up, 
and to pay for all the things that I do to make this show happen and helps honestly to encourage me to do this show because while I love doing it, it's really hard to make time sometimes and you know, I, I have to, as we were talking about earlier, I, I unfortunately have to be able to support myself. So if you can help with that in any way, it would be greatly appreciated. Thank you so much. And if you can't afford to give financially, share the podcast to people that you think would enjoy it. That really helps spread the word, especially now that we have sponsors. That helps a lot because the more people that listen, the uh, more we, you know, you're helping me actually make on the show. Um, and please pray for me. <laughs> I feel dirty almost asking for that because I, I do believe in the efficacy and the power of prayer. But with there's so much going on right now, and I don't want to burden you all with my problems, but I pray for my li listeners, and I would ask if you could please pray for me. It, we, we could really use it. Until next time. May God bless you and keep you, and may the power of the Holy Spirit shine in your life to guide you from glory to glory. And don't forget to take the time, take the time every day to listen for Wisdom's Cry. Thank you so much, and we'll talk again soon. Bye.